TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have a beer with. It's me. The Glenn Perkins Show. Sweet. That's right. I'm not Glenn Perkins. But, I am. But, but I that's am. Glenn Perkins. I am. I'm still <laughs> laughing at the intro. I, uh, <laughs> that's good. great. It's me. That's um, Derek Wetmore over there. I'm Phil Mackey. But we're, we shouldn't even be here. It's just the Glenn Perkins show. So that's it. We're going to leave, and it's, uh, it's yours. So it's just going to be me for yep. the next 45 minutes. Good luck, Glenn. Rambling into your ear. <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Is it weird hearing your own voice? Is that why the intro is... You know, I, I've never, I've never loved my voice on the radio because I don't like, I don't hear it that way. And then I hear it, and I'm like, I like, I, I don't like, I have to, I do like a double take. I'm like, is that that really say that? Is that is that how I sound? Yeah. Well, look who you're sitting with. Yeah. I, I, Imagine you know, how I it just, feels for me. I know. And well, yeah, you got like the radio voice guy over there, right. like. <laughs> Miscast as a as a sports guy should be just doing like been honing these pipes over many years. Yes, yes. Uh, Derek, I think Derek sounds like he looks. Yeah, that's right. And I mean that with all. No, no, it's good. Due respect, but Derek sounds kind of nerdy (laughs) and and wears the cell phone uh, holder in his pocket. I do not have that today. The belt clip is that what you're talking about? Yes, the octogenarian cell phone belt clip. How how long? How long were you down in uh, Florida, Derek? About three and a half weeks. Mm. See, you should have seen my complexion before. <laughs> Our, hours or weeks? <laughs> uh, you can't tell. So this is episode one of the Glenn Perkins Show. And just to loop the audience in here, a uh, couple different notes. If you're, if you're not familiar with Score North, formerly 1500 ESPN, welcome. And uh, thanks for checking out our stuff. Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. And the Glenn Perkins Show is going to be weekly in season. We're going to have some stuff in the off season. You're going to hang out on the beer show from time to time. But all of our twin shows, including the Glenn Perkins Show, Touch Them All, Five Thoughts, and some more to be announced soon are all available on demand. Anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all you have to do is search Score North Twins Shows, and they all pop up in the same feed. But this is awesome. We're happy to have you on board. And I'll just I'll just tee you up here because I think people are probably wondering the last couple of years you've been out of baseball. What have you been up to? Um, what kind of beer have you I'm been still brewing? Alive. That's uh, good. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I've I've the more than anything, I've just enjoyed being like home, being a dad, um, and and just being around and not having like what what my schedule is dictate what we do as a family. Um, I, I think just just taking the kids to school, uh, hey, you know, can you pick up Addy? Can you pick up Le- – hey, yeah, I can. You know, it's not, oh, nope, I'm uh, going to do this or I'm going to do that. Um, and that, that's been so cool just to kind of be able to, to be a part of their lives um, and not just kind of like in and out, like putting them to bed at night, just things that like – I, I never did or couldn't do, so I didn't really think about it. And I, you, you you realize how much time you missed, um, which which is the bummer. But, hey, you know what? Now I get to be around. I get to be around way more. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to play the game for a long time, and now I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to be home and 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 be around at times and, and do things that other dads wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Um, and I've enjoyed that. And then I, I, I think – all the other things, I just 
kids go to school at they're out of the house by eight thirty. They're home at three, and so I've got like my six hours to do whatever and get stuff done or around the house, around the farm, um, brew beer. And so I've just, I've, I've really enjoyed having that kind of freedom just to do, to do what I want to do and, and not have it in the back of my head. Like I have to prepare or I have to, you know, Hey, I can, I can only do this for a little bit because I have to go to the field for the rest of the day. And, and again, I never took that stuff for granted, but it's, it's been fun to just be home and, and, it, again, I'm, I, I would I want to say be a normal guy, but that's not normal either. But just to do the things that I missed out on. Do you uh, give him a surcharge on Uber after school, or do you give him a little break on that? I, I mean, I should have the sticker in my window <laughs> between between <laughs> to and from school, and then and then my younger daughter playing hockey, which we're in a break right now, but but is is five days a week or so. Um, I should have the sticker in my window, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, some someday hopefully it'll pay off. It, you know, they, uh, but they're great, and I, I love seeing them when I pick them up from school to, to ask them every day, ask them what what did you learn, and you know they can never they can't remember what they had for lunch. So, um, you know, I give them a hard time and I joke with them, and you know, my wife calls it locker room talk, but uh, I, I love that. I love I love picking them up and seeing them and and just and just giving them a hard time. Are you uh, are you good with the way your career? ended are you do you miss anything do you do you i mean i guess they the the team took off in your last season and if your window for health had been different maybe you're participating on a playoff team i mean where are you with now looking back a couple years you know the best case scenario i would have played one more year and and that went all the way back i've told the story a million times when i first came up I, i i grew up uh watching brad radke and, and he was a guy that I really loved watching pitch and, and smart guy, kind of cerebral, and and got to play with him for a couple of weeks at the end of the 2006 season. And then he retired, and I went to his press conference, and I remember him saying, I played long enough. I made enough money. I, I want to be home. I want to be a dad. I know I want to be a husband. I want to be around my kids. And I thought, man, wouldn't that be cool to be able to play and at 35 say, I've done enough. I don't need this anymore. And I made it to 34. So I, I think, uh, you know, of all the kids that grow up dreaming of playing for the Twins or dreaming of playing for their hometown team, and, you know, to get the opportunity to get drafted, do that, and then be like, you know what, I want to do that, and then basically do it, uh, I can't be upset with that. And I, I think those last two years, that 16 and 17 season with the rehab and the, well, the injury, then the rehab and, and all those things, took enough out of me that I was over it anyways. I was ready to be done. Um and you know, and I didn't miss it. I I didn't miss spring training last year. I didn't miss, you know, I don't I don't think I went to a game until like early June last year, um, and then uh, I started to go more and more as the season went on. And then that's where I kind of got the itch, like, hey, like I want to talk about baseball. I let's you know where we started talking. Let's do a podcast, um, you know. And I've got some stuff coming where I'm going to do some things with with uh, the Twins on TV where it's like. I do want to get back into that stuff. I do want to talk about the game. The game is never not going to be a part of me, but it was nice having that break. And then this year, and I don't know if it was like the polar vortex or the, the, you know, seven feet of snow we had in February, but I was like, dang, I wish I was down there. (laughs) Like, 
more so than last year. Last year I saw it all and I was like, God, I'm so happy I just get to be home. You sold the condo too quick, man. And, you yeah, should have <laughs> let that ride for a couple more years. And, and this year I was like, you know, I, I just I, and it wasn't even that I wanted to play. I didn't want to play. I just wanted to like be. I think it was mostly that I wanted to be somewhere warm. You know, and I was like, this sucks here. This this winter's brutal, and it's now it's snowing every day. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't, I definitely haven't missed the playing, and and I, I don't think I would because I, I played my whole life, and I got to do a lot of really awesome things, and I'm so thankful for that. That that for me is enough. I would think one of the, one of the things, you know, whether it's Tommy John surgery or shoulder surgery or in in other sports when athletes have ACLs and Achilles and. I would think for the amount of work you pour in when healthy, I mean, you're you're pouring in work every day, whatever sport you play. When you suffer an injury that requires surgery in like 6 to 12 to 15 months of rehab, and then the older you are, the more questions there are. I would think that's really, really, that's a buzzkill, right? I mean, that's, it, it, it is. And, and then you pour all that work into it and like... You know, go pitch in a game. You're like, man, I felt really good. Like, was I throwing hard? And they're like, yeah, you were throwing 89. And you're right. Like, Crap. Uh, so you made it all the way back, and now you need five extra miles an hour in your fastball or you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like there's just so many other tolls. And, like, it was hard enough when I was healthy when I was 32 or 33. I mean, I started going down to Florida uh, in December because it was easier to get ready in the heat and to play catch in the heat than it was to, like, drive up to the U and try to get loose in a, in a football building that's, like, 55 degrees. You know, like, I started feeling <laughs> that where I'm like, you know, my, my body doesn't feel too good in this cold. And, and so, I, I, you know, you do those things when you're completely healthy making all-star games. Like, yeah, I got to go down to Florida. This is just the best thing for my career. And so, yeah, so then, then to go and get hurt and, and rehab and it's even more work. Because you still have to do all the other stuff, and then you're doing all these like diddly little shoulder things that that are just it's tedious and it's boring and it's, um, you know, frustrating that you don't have the the strength and the range of motion and all those things, you know. And then you go out and throw a baseball, and you're like, God, it took me you know ten minutes just to get loose enough to be able to go throw a ball 120 feet, and then that felt like crap. It just the whole thing, like it as it went on. I mean, I, I gave that everything I had, and that was my goal going into it. Was just I'm going to give everything mm-hmm. I got, and in the back of my head, knowing like, okay, shoulder surgery at 25 is not good. At 33, it's 34. It's definitely not good. Um, you know, so I knew that, but it, it didn't take away from the work that I put in or the the effort that I put into rehab. But it, it, you just know, like. I already knew that time was short. I already knew that you know my goal was to get that option picked up, and and I got I got really close. You know, I mean, if I got to play my thirty five season, that would have been awesome. And uh, you know, but I got to play all up until I was thirty four, and that's enough for me. Guessing, Glenn, that your business card doesn't say retired baseball player. What is brewmaster? <laughs> What's the title these it, days? It would it would have never it would have never said retired baseball player because I think I, I made a point my whole career to not be just a baseball player that I wanted to be a normal guy that when I went to the office, I went to a baseball field and it didn't define me. It didn't define our family. It didn't define our kids schedules or anything like that. Um, that it was just the job that I did. Um, you know, and, and I, I think I'm still kind of way like I, I, I don't do labels. Like we brew, we brew a lot of beer. I think I've probably done that more than I've done anything else. 
Uh, well, I've I've for sure hunted more days than I than I've done anything else. But um, and every time we brew a beer, I, I got a buddy that I brew with that that's actually legitimately retired. He's like in his fifties, and so <laughs> he, he he's actually he actually should be retired. But uh, um, so he he's he's been a, a like a sign collector. And uh, so he's got all these like cool old vintage beer signs and just random, you know, motor oil, the metal signs and the neon signs and all that stuff. And yeah. he gave me a he gave me a grain belt sign um, that has like the little white letters and numbers that you can push in to like, you know, write like whatever oh, yeah. you want on a thing. Right. And so every time he fills it out and it says Gala Farms Brewing uh, and then what we're brewing and then who's brewing that day. And because it's always him and I, and then and then we try to get people to come and just hang out and whatnot and see the process and maybe drink a beer. And uh, every time he's like, "What's the order of brewing today?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a uh, IPA." And he goes, "Well, does it have a name?" No, it's, <laughs> it's Gala Farms IPA. I don't know. <laughs> what are we brewing today? Uh, cream ale. Did you name it? Nope. So it just says like cream ale up there or white stout or so we need to work you know. on br- hashtag branding at <laughs> yeah, exactly right. well, and that's like <laughs> even this thing like you you know you write me off so like what do you need all this and that and i'm like i don't care like i'm just gonna come on i'm gonna talk we're gonna do our thing like you know you i i had nothing to do and i love it i have nothing to do with the intro but like that like that kind of stuff and even just n- naming anything just doesn't did you name your kids or was that 100 percent alicia i didn't so uh no she did they're they're named <clears throat> one's addison which uh at the time she was born in 2006 um gray's anatomy was really popular and one of the characters on there was addison and then uh um that show's still really popular by the way like I know. Fifteen like, seasons. Uh, in. Yeah. Why are you like, looking at me? me? <laughs> <laughs> like, you seem like a Grey's Anatomy kind of. Like, <laughs> you look like a Grey's Anatomy character. Sure. Like okay. the like the third stand-in surgeon or something know. that comes in. And I just always thought the book was better. And then, and then <laughs> <laughs> the book. It's a great book. <laughs> and then and then Lila is uh, Friday Night Lights. Lila Garrity. Oh sure. Um, and so she went back and forth on that name so many times that I said, if you change it again, her name's August. <laughs> and then and she was going to be born in august and i said i like that name and i said i am done with like the weekly text message like what do you think about this name and the problem is what if you have a kid in february so i didn't get yeah, well, your kid yeah, february no, no but she was coming in august so i said hey i like the name august and um no so i just yeah i like all the beer stuff like it's just like i don't need it to be some fancy name like if someday somebody's like i want them to be like oh uh you know Super special Stardust IPA was super good. No, I want it to be like Gala Farms IPA was really good. Are you ever going to have, like, are you ever going to have Glenn Perkins anything? No, I would never so you're, do that. You're not going to use your no. your Minnesota, because you, your name is, you have a Minnesota a known name, and you could. Yeah. But like, like we have Maurer Chevrolet, and we have. Well, that's that's Billy, though, not Joe. Yeah, but it's the Maurer name. But what, did, the dumb question, did Maurer Chevrolet <laughs> exist before 2001? Before he was drafted, <laughs> no, that he <clears throat> that was the Denny Hecker thing. Okay, yeah, um, no, I'll never. We'll you know do what? a deep dive I, podcast on that. <laughs> that's <laughs> episode two, actually. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm just not, I'm not into names. I'm not into any of that stuff. So I just, uh, you know, I brew the beer and and hopefully it turns out good. And then and then we don't we don't name it. Um, so it's the Glenn Perkins show. Only because we couldn't think of a clever name, basically. Is... I like it. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's simple. You know? Where Gala Farms come from? Where's that name? Uh, that's Glenn, Alicia, Lila, and Eddie. Um, that's pretty So cool. that's what we call our farm. 
And so then everything, you know, it's the wood shop is Gala Farms wood shop. And you'd think that it's like this, this like multi, you know, <laughs> faceted like corporation. And it's just like, I'm just out in the brewery, which is a garage stall brewing beer. Like, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's it, you, 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 like, it has this like, you know, it's like when people start a company and they don't want like their home address on it. So sure. like, they get like a P.O. box <laughs> yeah. like in Minneapolis so they can like put like 55403 on there. And it's like, oh, yeah, you, you know, send this your package to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it's like, no, you're like in I like me. I like I'm no, I'm a half hour outside of Minneapolis, like on a farm. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not it's definitely not that great. I'm not in a high rise in Minneapolis, but uh, um you know, we try to give it that R. Like, we got T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats and all the crap, like, to try to make it seem like it's a big deal when it's just two dudes in a garage brewing 10 gallons of beer. Oh, it's awesome. I think, and and I think uh, we might have to – maybe we'll do a little sample episode here in the next couple of weeks so we can just make sure that you're not lying to us, that you actually are doing this at Gala Farms. I'm down for that. Um, let, when, we, when we come back here to the, uh, the all-new Glenn Perkins show on the all-new Score North, Phil Mackey here, Derek Wetmore – Let's dive into some twin stuff. Are you ready to dive back into some twin stuff? Here? <laughs> now or never, I guess. So twins have some interesting philosophies on pitching, and there was a couple anecdotes from The Athletic that I want to run by you and get your thoughts as a guy who is very analytically thinking and minded as a pitcher, and now the twins are all in on this. And later on, baseball is going to implement a bunch of rule changes for 2019 and 20, and we want your takes on those, too. All right, welcome back to the Glenn Perkins Show here on Score North. You can find all of our Twins shows in the same feed, and we know a lot of you subscribe via Apple. Wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Apple or Spotify, you can just search Score North Twins shows, and all of them pop up in the same feed. You can subscribe, touch them all, Five Thoughts, the Glenn Perkins Show, and uh, another easy one-stop shop place is the Score North mobile app, available in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store, and that'll get you all of our Score North podcasts, all of our live programming, and also all of our written content. So super easy. ScoreNorth.com is a hub for all of these things, too. Okay, cheap plug over. I'm done hijacking the Glenn Perkins Show. We got Wetmore in here. We have Glenn. And we have an athletic article here that was written a couple weeks ago uh, from Fort Myers by Dan Hayes. I want to read you a couple paragraphs and get your thoughts, Glenn. You've always been multiple years ahead of the curve compared to your contemporaries and other pitchers. I feel like you were always the one explaining analytics to your teammates when yeah, I was around. Right? No, yeah, that that uh, um, for sure. You know, and, and even once st- people started buying in, it was like I was where they would go to get like further information. And uh, I think the coolest thing, and I've told people about this though. Is is when I went to rehab in 2017, um, and I was in Fort Myers, and the group of guys that were in that bullpen, and that, I think they probably knew, or that maybe they they had read something about when I was coming. They're like, "Oh, we got to find something out about, this, so we have something to talk about." Um, but how into that stuff they were at, at that level, and and I think, and we're going to get into this um, with what the twins are doing, but that they have the track man, that they have those those that technology. Um, at those fields, and so they could see spin rate and and the things that like I was getting like I would throw a pitch and or pitch in a game and then come out after the game and like look at my report and then like try to do it again the next time, where they can like I mean, in the moment in the bullpen all those things like those guys 
it's crazy that the shift just that the game has taken in general. Like, from what I saw two years ago, every young guy, every guy in high A, every 19, 20, 21-year-old knew all of that stuff. And and it, that I think that more than anything blew me away because I came from the top and went there. And, and even then, nobody on our team was really talking about that stuff, was yeah. really into that stuff. Wasn't, and, wasn't there a story that somebody was explaining to Latroy Hawkins at one point? I think Latroy told this story one time that... So Latroy always used to get strikeouts on high fastballs, but then, but he just he just did it because that's he just threw high fastballs. It just worked. But nobody until after his career explained the science behind it. You Why? have a high spin rate fastball, and, yeah. right? Yeah, he knew what worked, which is is the frustrating part. Is you spend all this time like, okay, I got to say, and I was in the same boat. Throw the ball in the four spot, down and away. And you throw it there, and then it gets hit, or it gets punched through the right side. And you're like, "Well, this sucks." And then, and then what happens? What happens like this is, is like ten is, years of twins pitching. You're like, here, you're like "All right, I'm going to throw the ball down and away on two strikes here." And I accidentally yank it a little bit, and it goes up over the zone, and the guy's swinging and miss. And you're like, "Holy crap! That was an accident." But the dude was, you know, it was in the glove when when he swung at it. Yeah. And then you do it again, and you do it again, and then you figure it out. You know, we used to watch Scott Baker do the same thing where it was like he was pitching in freaking high school where, you, like, if you threw 90, you just threw it by everybody. And he would do that, and we're like, okay, it's a two-strike. Here comes the high fastball. And he was only throwing 91 or 92 miles an hour. And it went, and he could also throw a bowling ball sinker. But he would, and he would just throw it right by the guy. And it's like, how are you, you know, you just, at that point, it was like, if you threw hard, you would throw it by him. It wasn't where you threw it or, you know, anything like that. Like, you know, guys knew that Carlos Silva was going to throw sinkers because he had a heavy ball. He had a ball that dropped a lot or whatever that, um, and nobody really knew. And and at that point you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, you know, there was really not much you could do about it anyways. I mean, I remember looking at Brooks baseball and it was like plotted from the vertical, you know, like as if you were looking over and it's like six plot points along a, the pitch track. So it's like inner like random internet blog graphs is how yeah. you like track this. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and so you're like, okay, well you you can kind of see that, but now there's high speed cameras and like literal like trackers that show you exactly where the ball moves and um you know, but it it, it was it was cool to see I think the shift in um kind of the way that that guys perceive the game now. Um at those levels that they they're realizing that this stuff can help well this is so good segue into i'm just going to read you guys a few sentences here two or three paragraphs uh from the athletic here under new manager rocco badelli the uh, twins wanted to shift from a team that merely used analytics as a supplement to one that made it a central force to find each and every competitive advantage they could though it has been less than a month into camp trevor hildenberger already sees the difference quote this year, they're just open. They've said, we're analytics, forward-thinking, and this is how we're going to do it. It's not like it's, we're going to try and implement this idea. It's, this is our plan. This is how we're going to go attack hitters, and let's do it in spring training and find ways to get guys out. If it doesn't work, we'll find a new plan. It's not that the 2018 Twins didn't apply analytics under Paul Molitor. Molitor understood what they offered, embraced analytics, but how effectively the coaching staff as a whole delivered the message isn't clear, and they bring up the Ryan Presley example of of the team knew that he had a ridiculous breaking ball and he should be throwing his breaking ball much more often. He wasn't throwing it as often as he should have communication gap in there somewhere. He goes to Houston. 
becomes the best reliever in baseball for like two months and he's being used in ALCS games and World Series and um, and he praises the Astros then for helping him figure out and have this epiphany that he should throw his curveball more often. And I find all of this very interesting. Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, and it's it goes back to like, you know, look at like a pregame, you know, keys to the game. Establish your fastball. Sometimes you don't have to establish your fastball when you throw a curveball that can't be hit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think that um, and, and that's like I, I wish on a show like this, I could show you the, the text message conversations that I had with Ryan Presley when I was injured down in Florida and watching games on TV and saying, quit throwing that and throw this instead. Like th- every time you throw a curveball, it, it's it's a swing and a miss or a check swing or maybe they foul it off. Or they, they, they offer at it, but they don't swing. But, like, you can tell that they're, like, thinking it's, a, like, you don't need to set that up. That's not a pitch that you, like, what you can do with that is throw that three times and get to a one-two count and then throw a fastball right down the middle. That's 97. Yeah. And and the guy can't hit it. I mean, like, that that was, when when I pitched, was my my general thesis, my general approach to every at-bat was, if I started them off with a slider for a strike, I'm going to get them to swing at a slider in the dirt for a strikeout. Even if so, just a get me over slider. So for, I was going to throw a get me over slider. If I started that at bat with a get me over slider, and and they took it, then they saw that they saw that spin. This is this is a conversation I would have with Kadir out in the outfield. So when he would see a pitch and it was a strike, then he thought, "Oh my God! I, now if I see that again, I need to be ready." So you throw a slider for a strike, and then I'd throw a fastball, and he'd follow it off. And then I'd throw the same slider, but I'd throw it in the dirt, and they'd swing over it. If I started on with a fastball, like maybe I'd throw a fastball in, they swing, and they get jammed a little bit. Then you try to throw them some sort of a slider. Then I'm going to throw the fastball. I mean, they're going to think, all right, hey, you know, slider in the zone, he's going to go. And then I'd throw the fastball up or whatever by him. And you you can set up. You don't have to set up your off-speed pitches by throwing a fastball. You can set up your fastball by throwing off Or, you know what, when your curveball is as good as Presley's is, you can set up your curveball by throwing a curveball. <laughs> Just throw it. Like, yeah. it, it, he, he can, <laughs> yeah. like, throw it throw it 60% of the time. Is he now, is he destined for the next five years? Like, now that he's, you know, not that this is the first time with Houston he's ever been told this, as you've said and. The twins have told him this, but now that it's in his head, okay, well, this is so, how I need to throw. And, and to, be, uh, to be fair to the to the twins too, though, it, what what he would tell me in those conversations when I, every time I would watch him pitch, I'd be like, "Stop throwing!" I think he was throwing like a cutter slider thing, and it actually ended up being pretty good for him down in Houston. But his curveball to me was always it was the I think it was the highest spin rate curveball in, in the big leagues for one year. I don't know if it was um, last year, but um, I, I said, "Stop throwing that little thing." Throw your curveball and throw your fastball, and just try throwing those two things. And what would happen to him is is he would he would he, he throws a spike, and so he would end up spiking it. He would end up he would end up throwing it like bouncing it off home plate, and he would fall behind. Then he'd have to throw a fastball, and it doesn't matter. Like his fastball straight, it was hard, but if a guy knows a fastball is coming, he's going to hit the fastball. And, and that's kind of the trouble that he got into was not being able to to throw like a strike one and a in mm. a in the dirt one, and so maybe you know. That that's where when he was with the twins, it wasn't necessarily that they were saying like stop throwing so many breaking balls. You need to throw more fastballs. Part of it was that they wanted him to get ahead. They wanted him to get in a, in a, in a, into a count where he could attack. 
Um, and, and he wasn't able to throw that maybe for a strike as much as, as maybe he did down there. Obviously, I didn't see him as much pitch. I followed him and, and saw you know his game by game when he was down there. But um, uh, I, I think that might be part of it, too, is that they maybe got him to throw it in the zone a little more that you know, really in account you don't like a lot of times i mean that that was that was the the other thing you realize that as you pitch more in a game is like a guy doesn't want to hit a curveball on oo you know joe nathan used to do it all the time like he had he was the fastball slider he threw a little bit of a change up he had a junk curveball terrible curveball and he would tell you that but he would lay it in there on oo just to get a strike and and not to throw his ninety five so the guy could time his ninety five not to see his slider that he had the ability to just lay a like he would it was a loopy just boop boop in curveball for a strike it was only on a first pitch and he would just lay it in there knowing like this guy's not going to swing at that like and even if he if does that's, like that's, he might foul it off right, right? but if that's o two it's getting hit seven hundred feet. <laughs> Or, or sorry, if, that's, if you know, whatever. He's if he hangs there. that later in the at bat, that's <laughs> yeah. getting hit a mile. But that oh oh, they don't they want to hit a fastball. I mean, hitters want to hit a fastball, so you that you that's why you can throw a breaking ball in the zone early. And, and I think that's kind of getting back to to this thing. I think that that might be a little bit of it too. Is that maybe they helped him find a way to get that pitch in the strike zone more often? You know, and and where you where you hitters are always trying to eliminate pitches. And and so if you can eliminate a pitch, like, yeah, this guy throws that pitch and it's really nasty, but it's only in the zone 20% of the time, they're going to be like, screw it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a, a two-strike count, four out of five ain't going to be in the strike zone. You know, whatever. So um, they, I, I think that maybe when when he went down there, um, I made sure that he knew how good his breaking ball was and that he should throw that thing. Um, I'm just happy for him because his story's awesome. I think that's something that kind of got swept under the rug, like just where he came from. I mean, he was a Rule 5 guy. Yeah. And now he's got five years. He's going to be a free agent after this year. He's one of the better relievers in the American League. Like, that's a pretty stinking cool story. Dude's worked his butt off, and uh, I'm more happy for him than anything, and, and I'm glad it's working out. It's uh, it's just cool to see, and I, I think that reinforces the, the beliefs that a lot of us have in, in – analytics and if you can get a guy to buy in what it can do for a guy do teams like the astros still have an advantage there perk it felt like five years ago there was a it was really disproportionately favoring the teams that were diving in on it now it seems to me like most teams if not all teams have do- have dove in on it yeah i i think that i think that if there's like a variable from team to team it's who's how is the information getting to the clubhouse mm-hmm. so um, so if you're like faxing it to the clubhouse, it's probably not good. Yeah, right. you hey, boys, the report's like, in today. You know, the conduit, the conduit from the front office slash analytic guys, which are are that even that is getting less defined. You know, I mean, Derek Falvey is is certainly an analytics leaning pitching guru that that happens to run a baseball team. Um, so how that stuff is getting from whoever whoever is in charge to then whoever is digging up and finding that information, then how that gets relayed to uh, a a coaches, staff, b players, um, you know, and, and you have to have everybody be on the same page because you can't have the guy coming from upstairs. Is a little bit of what I saw when I started getting into analytics is you have a guy coming from upstairs right to me. 
outside of the pitching coach, outside of the manager, outside of all the other coaches that, that, you know, it becomes that thing like, why is this guy, you know, I'm the pitching coach. Why is this guy telling, sitting with him after the game, you know, where, where, so you have to have everybody be on the same page. So that, that's something that, and and it's not even just being, it's, it's having a, a pitching coach that buys in. It's having a manager that buys in. It's having all, everybody has to buy in. There can't be like factions and you can still be traditional baseball guy, old school baseball guy, whatever. But like, you, you, you it, the, the evidence is irrefutable. How it helps teams, how that I mean, you know, what we could go through the last however many teams to to even make the World Series, let alone win it, are all were either at the a part of the analytical revolution or or joined a long time ago and are now spearheading it. You know? I feel like we need to get rid of the word analytics because it's scare it scares fans and it scares people. If we could replace the word analytics with information or it's it's scouting, really. It's it's it, if if I told you in any walk of life, hey, I can help you get fifty percent better with this information. If we can just get you to understand this information, would you ever say, "Well, that's ridiculous"? If, if you just analyze this on a data, spreadsheet, right? It, you know, it, it's definitely intimidating. But at the same time, like at some point, this is going to be traditional. You know, I mean, the Beach Boys weren't oldies fifty years ago. Yeah, you they know, were. Not, Actually, they were. That might be a bad example, but yeah. you, you can you can hear them. <laughs> you think like, they knew when they were listening like, live to the Beach Boys? Like, I mean, this like, is pretty. This is growing this is up. Like stuff. That, they were they were on they were the oldies. Like that was the oldies. And at some point, they were like, "Dang, surf rock is sweet. Like this stuff's brand new. Like this is crazy." You know, like so. At some point, traditional tradition. This it'll be traditional metrics or traditional statistics or whatever you want. to... Back of the baseball card needs to have spin rates. I still want bubblegum cards with like XFIP or maybe that's a bad example, but like swing and miss in the zone i like, think they have war on them now really okay yeah. well I, i'm really. pretty sure like tops has war on it yeah we, we, so we need one of those those don west uh wax box it's, infomercials it's, with... it's, getting back to your question though it's definitely more mainstream but but it's uh it, it, teams are just at different levels and and like going all the way back to like Moneyball, it it wasn't analyzing stuff differently it was finding it was market inefficiencies like that's the thing like if you can if you can Everybody has the same. Everybody has Statcast data now. Everybody has TrackMan. Everybody has all the the same stuff. It's it's how do you parse that? How do you figure out what works? And and like I said, the X factor is how do you how do you get that stuff to the players? And and if the players aren't buying in, how do you get them to buy in? If the, if they are, how do you make sure that when they go out on the field that they that they can do that? Or when they're in the bullpen working on something like like and that's where you have a pitching coach and you have a, a like the Twins do with a Jeremy Hafner with a. Uh, assistant pitching coach um, slash bullpen coach that, you know, they're all extremely knowledgeable on that stuff. And so then they can relay that information still in a, like, you know, Jeremy Hefner talking to somebody, Hey, I played baseball. I played in the big leagues. You know, I, I, I got there and I, I buy into this stuff. And so then the guy that maybe isn't there, the guy that maybe is struggling could say, yeah, you know what? I, I, I can, I can dig that. I'll get in. Let you know. Let's let's figure it out. Yeah, and uh, it's it just again, like I said, the, the evidence is irrefutable. Like if you're not, if you're not, even as a player, if you're not there, if you're if you're apprehensive toward any sort of help in that manner, like you're you're, the game's gonna pass you by. Somebody's somebody else is gonna do it. I mean, you know, you you look at like a JD Martinez was a was a was a bad hitter. 
and figured out like how to swing and how to change his hitting mechanics and yeah. I want to hit fly balls. There's actually a lot the, of there's, the, there's, the dude went from getting non-tender to signing a 125 million dollar contract in like 4 years. Yeah, like, I mean there's a this is not to open up a a whole episode can of worms here, but there's a lot of players in the last 10 years that figured out launch angle or just some different approach as a hitter and our immediate reaction was steroid guy or HGH guy or whatever. And maybe there's some of those as well, but but like at first it was how can someone who's that age who's been that bad for a few years just change their swing and hit forty bombs well, or whatever? Right? If you really want to open a can of worms, analytics might help you more than steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we ban analytics guys from the Hall of Fame? So try and coming up next. Next. let's ban shifts. You know? uh, right. uh, Actually, Major League Baseball, another good segue, is changing things. They're not they're not banning uh all mound visits, but they're reducing mound visits and a bunch of other things. We want to throw in the last segment of the show here a bunch of Major League Baseball rule changes for the next two years and get your thoughts as a recently retired player. The Glenn Perkins Show, Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Score North. All right, welcome back. It's the Glenn Perkins Show. At some point, we're going to just... We're, I'm going to... I'm babying you in with these intros, but you're going to do the intros at Oh, some I point. 100% need to do them. It's, okay. I mean, I, I already feel like awkward that I'm not. Okay, let's this hear. Let's, is, this is, this is, is flip toss. Let's this is my show. <laughs> let's reverse it. I'll shut up. I have no idea what to say. Welcome to the Glenn Perkins Show. I, I don't show. listen to you. That's the thing. Is like I just I'm a I've former closer. Yeah. Until yeah. I once got into a fight almost with Josh Donaldson. I'm Glenn <laughs> Perkins. We need to talk about that at some point. Oh, too. that's that's a, that's a that's a good. There's that that you know what that had a happy ending. So that yeah, was you good. guys were on on an all star team together. We were you? locker mates. Oh, as and, and it was the first guy I saw at the meeting for the. Um, <laughs> you know, I was kind of standing lobby like, hey man. Uh, <laughs> this is awkward, but we good because we're on the same team now. You did not ask him that. You said, "Are we good?" No, I oh, just, okay. I just said, "Hey, I said, hey, dude, you know, Both things big leaguers, yeah. yeah, professionals." Hugged it out, bro. Hugged. We're good. Nice. All right, <laughs> that's good. awesome. Um, major League Baseball is changing things. So there's a there's some minor tweaks. There's some major tweaks. Some the players' association is saying okay. Some they're saying we're not really cool with this, but whatever. You've got full authority, Rob Manfred. I'm going to throw out. We've got a few minutes left in the show here. I'm going to throw out some of these and let's just get your reaction. So, like one of them, let's is this like t- rapid fire. It's just, sort of yeah. Rapid fire is there a better name for this? You're the name guy. Can I Why don't can, you come up yeah, with the name? I'm the name guy. Is it? Can this be like a like a hell yeah? A maybe or like an F no? Is that like what sure. this is? Or yeah, let's do that. Let's do it that way. Ratings. Glenn Perkins rating system. Uh, so the inning breaks are being reduced from for national games from two twenty five to two minutes. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't need two twenty five to. No, it's so long. You know, and I, I some guys are different. Um, I, I was a if I could run out there and throw two or three four pitches, I'd be fine. Um, you know, and I hated like bridging innings. Um. But even then, like the adrenaline kicks in, so you just two minutes is plenty. You know, I, I would, I would. They have the clock. You know, the last couple of years they had the clock, and so I would, I would time my throws so I wouldn't like make my eighth warm up throw or whatever. I guess at, at once I got the clock, then it was just throw until the clock went. But I would time it out because I had my eight pitch routine or seven pitch routine that I would do. And so I would just kind of space them out. Like I ended up standing out there, and it's it's dumb. Like, All knuckleballs. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's by the end. They like, yeah, yeah. Like I would, I would throw like Suzuki would remember this. I would throw like three curveballs to start, and I would throw them like 
you know, 25 feet in the air <laughs> and like try to like, and or I'd throw like, like an old man, like do like, and like pretend like I had a huge, like a bigger gut than I have and like, <laughs> like follow through. Like I would, I would be out there goofing around. Cause it's like, I need three pitches and here we are with 225 or whatever it was. So, um, so we're good on the two minutes instead of two. That, that's gonna be great, yeah. and it's, it, it, it it saves nine minutes uh, from. Yeah, that's and that's not anyway. that's not even that's not. I mean, that's not gonna make a difference. I think people might even be mad because now they got it. They might miss a pitch or two when they're trying to get their beer. Oh, well, you got them timed okay. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, mound visits. So this is one. I'll, full disclosure, I don't think you guys need what used to be twelve total mound visits between two teams. Now it's so we're going from five six mound visits per team, including catchers down to five, and my contention, and you tell me I'm an idiot because you're a pitcher, I've always said, you guys are standing 60 feet apart, for God's sakes. You get to hang out in the dugout and the bullpen between innings. Is there another way besides, like, walking out to the mound? And The only thing that they – the only thing – I got two things for this. The only thing that, that anybody ever told me, whether it was Rick or um, Neil, um, was uh, just trying to give you – breather here slow the game down and it's like okay i'm i'm fine i'm breathing you know like yeah i, I, I got it you know it it, it just you, you, it doesn't I, I i can't imagine that you know because we always used to joke about like a pitching coach would run out there and have their meeting and then come back in and they'd hang a slider and be yeah. hit for home runs yeah. like nice meeting yeah, you know right. like um and, and i remember way back when i was i was listening to a game Gosh, this was a long time ago. Uh, and Oral Hershiser w- was doing the game. It was on uh, ESPN or something. It was on TV. And Oral Hershiser's uh, one of the, the the color guy. And whoever was doing play by play asked him, like, you know, what what? Because he was a pitching coach at one point, I think, with the Dodgers, and and obviously a pitch for a long time. And said, what do you do when you went out, or what did they do? Said the one thing I never did when I when I was a pitching coach is I wouldn't I wouldn't go out there and t- talk mechanics with the guy. You don't want to get too in depth. So, like, what are you doing other than just, like, the obvious? Like, it would always be, like, Andy would come out and he'd be like, hey, like, you're one pitch away. Like, throw a, you know, throw a good fastball down and away, get a ground ball and a double play, and you're out of this thing. Like, thanks. Like, that's what I'm trying to do, you know? So it's, if you're not going to give them, like, some tip, like, hey, you're flying open or, hey, you're, you know, don't overthrow or whatever, like, what are you doing out here? Uh, I I think that they could probably just eliminate them in their entirety. And I don't know. It's, It's... the other thing too is managers walking out to get the ball from the pitcher and then like that whole charade. If you want to make a pitching change, just throw your arm up, man. And like pitcher can walk off the mound. Well, there's been plenty of times though that a that a pitcher didn't want to come out. So what do you what happens? If, okay, what happens if John if the, Lackey's if just the standing there. Running in and, yeah. Okay, if, <laughs> if John Roush is standing out there and like you know, I'm not giving you the ball. Yeah, I mean, you you're can, like the rookie. Like, can I? I was told to run out here. Just yeah. do my job, Mac. Okay, I, I think that one. I get. I get that. I get that. And that doesn't. That doesn't. I mean, whatever. Okay. What about this? Is this is for 2020 here? So we, there's a few things. Rosters expanding is this to 26. Robot umpires yet? Or have we got to that one or no? Which umpires? We doing one? robot umpires or that has that, not been proposed oh. yet. Angel we, Hernandez. We proposed it. I haven't heard back from Rob Manfred yet. <laughs> uh, but what? But what will happen in 2020 is if you're coming into a game as a pitcher, you have to face at least three batters or go to the end of the inning. So that that that's not going. And I've read a couple articles about this. That's not going to affect the game as much as people think. Like how often or how infrequently now, like the Dennis Reyes, like lefty specialist guy, you know, like 
I mean, how many Marks is Simsky, Zipjinsky? Repchinsky? Repchinsky. The Dennis he's, Reyes poll was a great he's, one. There. Well, yeah, he was the guy that when I first came up, sure. he was a lefty specialist guy. Like, th- those guys don't exist anymore. Like, everybody, everybody's yeah. nasty, which yeah. is why. Like, right. every freaking lefty throws 95. <laughs> every righty throws 98. They all have nasty breaking balls. So, like, they can get everybody out. So like the Ron Mayhays of the world. Yeah, are. like that's that's a that's that that hasn't been a thing for a while really. And especially once you take out the the inning break thing. So yeah, you know what? You got you if you do have your lefty that you want to come in and face a lefty, um and there's two outs in the inning and all that, like you're going to end it and then it's going to move on. Like it it's it was already so low. It was something like 4%, 5% of mm. relief appearances I believe were or a, like a one batter thing, and then you take away the you know it's just I don't think people are going to notice it. And you know what I mean? To pile onto that one, like the the intentional walk thing. Remember when they did like the oh we're oh, not going to we throw the pitches out about and it that was like one. oh my god how can you not throw the pitches like. Nobody even thinks about it anymore. Yeah, and, it doesn't, yeah. and how often does the it... The first, like, two times was like, wait, why is this guy running the first base? Yeah. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, the, the manager did this. this and the... Um, you know, and, and again, those don't happen either. Yeah. So... Well, I, I, I'm excited at some point. There's going to be... There are going to be decisions where you bring in a lefty to face a lefty, and then there's two nasty right-handed hitters coming up, and like we'll, and we'll dive into that, I'm sure. With the twin, That's going to happen at some point early in this twin season, so... That's the first episode of the Glenn Perkins Show. We did it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. You can find all of our twin shows on the Score North Twin Show feed anywhere you find podcasts. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app are the two best places. We'll see you next week.